it's such a beautiful space to exist in. And it's not like you were saying, it's it's not like life coaches are life coaches because they're super wise. It's not like we're like, we know a lot and we're going to teach you. It's like, no. Shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to shut up and listen and then like gently inquire. <laughs> um, now ask country. <laughs> Um, and, and I will say, <laughs> yes, Dylan, <laughs> it is country. Um, <laughs> Life coaching, dash, it is country. <laughs> People are going to be so confused. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Everyone is Cancelled, episode 52. And I have two very special ladies with me today. Uh, my girlfriend, again, is back, Michaela McDonald. Hello. Woo-woo. Good to be here. <laughs> Who is a life coach, which we'll be talking about today. And Brooke Lorimer, like one of our best friends. Very, very, very best friend. Very talented life coach as well. <laughs> best friend of the group, of the yes. squad. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I'm really good. I'm really happy to I'm be really here with too. you two. You two are really special to me. So this is exciting. That's Michaela, by the way. So you know the voices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good point. Good point. And I'm Brooke. Um, I'm so excited to be here too. I actually just finished up my client meetings for the day. And it's so fun to be, you know, finalizing that work going into the evening and getting to nerd out about coaching with you both. Mm. What you guys do is so fascinating to me. And I've had my run-ins with therapy and my issues with... Um, especially psychiatry, where they just kind of throw pills at people. Not that there's not a place. I think there's a huge place for that. But but life coaching, to me, just screamed something totally different. And it it just really Mm. piqued my interest um, because it has its own totally different place that can uh, really hold its own in the the universe of of well-being, you know. And mm-hmm. and I just had so many questions that I, I finally just said we should do a podcast together with you and Michaela. Mm-hmm. And I follow your Instagram and I love everything I've seen and I've learned so much myself, things that have helped me directly and kind of just helped me look at things from a different way, a uh, different perspective. Kind of like stoicism does for me. And mm-hmm. um so first of all, would you just like to introduce who you are, Brooke, and, and what life coaching is for those who don't know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm Brooke Lormer, as Dylan said. I'm a life coach. I am a plant enthusiast and just kind of enthusiastic about life in general. Mm. Um, So life coaching, as I understand it, is helping clients with like mindset, belief and behavior shifts so they can get unstuck. Particularly as I uh, practice it, I help uh, millennial women get unstuck by asking and engaging with like presence and powerful questions. So um, Mm -hmm. anything that's keeping millennial women stuck from living a life that feels really unique and good to them, we can kind of move through that. Hmm. I love that so much. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Would you say that that life coaching has, I don't know, with the pandemic in the last two years, do you think there's a, a greater place for it than ever before? Do you do you see it being, um, it feels like this is more mainstream. I'm seeing it more and more these past couple of years. Do you feel like that's true? I do. I think the pandemic has pushed us to a critical mass where we are searching for meaning internally 
more than ever instead of just relying on external meeting because externally things are chaotic as fuck and um mm-hmm. it's hard to find meaning outside of ourselves right now right wow that's such a good point i really see yeah that. i'm curious curious what you think about that michaela actually gosh you know i think that there's a way that um life coaching has it's I like that it's reaching more of a critical mass. And mm-hmm. I think there's ways that I've been aware of it for a long time, um, kind of in the background, in the shadows. <laughs> um, and I like seeing it be more um, more well-known and, and understood and valued. And I think mm-hmm. that, like you said, we're really looking for meaning in a big way. And it does seem to be that life coaching oftentimes is – something that people will turn to when they're trying to anchor into deeper truths for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, so, you know, so a huge benefit I see to life coaching, something that really reaches out to me. And I was talking with a friend recently and we both kind of acknowledged this, that there's a lot of people out there. And I know you both are first to say that it doesn't replace therapy or psychiatry, but something I acknowledge is there's a lot of people out there who are going through real things, even especially, I'll just be honest, military people, uh, cops, people with PTSD, who, who can't go to therapy. And they can't see a psychiatrist because they'll lose their security clearance, they'll lose their jobs. And they're like, and I've heard myself, these people saying, I want to talk to someone so bad. It's not like I feel like I'm gonna mm. lose it, but just someone to listen to me. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. And I can't. I can't get help because I could lose my job and not feed my family. And what life coaching mm-hmm. seems to me is that they're not suicidal. These are people who just need a listening ear, just a friend to talk to mm-hmm. without losing their security clearance. And life coaching, you're not putting anything on their permanent records. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not reporting them, you know, unless there's something severely wrong. Mm-hmm. They're, just, they're just needing a friend or an ear. Mm-hmm. And it screams mm-hmm. to me this huge void that, that can really fill that for people who just need a friend to, to listen to them or, or, or listening ear. Mm. Um, and I'm curious what you guys think of that. Yeah. I, well, first off, it really, Michaela here, <laughs> it really, um, I remember you talking about that with me maybe like a month or so ago, and it just breaks my heart, this idea that people could want support and want help but feel like they can't get it because of the way that it could impact their their job and their livelihood Mm -hmm. and the way it could be on their permanent record and all of that. And it does then simultaneously, it does excite me the idea of um, people like that having the resource of a life coach because, you know, it's, it's interesting hearing you use the word friend um, of like a, like a listening ear or a friend because it's, it is that, but to me, life coaching is so kind of beyond that. It feels like it's like being a coach, and being coached, I've been on both sides of the equation, there's something so powerful about that space you enter into because the relationship is so focused on on you, the client. It's all about the client getting the support that they need and, and being deeply listened to and deeply supported and investigating what's really true for them. And, and so there's something about that space that kind of, to me, goes beyond friendship because mm-hmm. there, there aren't like the opinions that your friend might have or the preferences that your friend might have or even the ways that a friend might, um, you know, think, oh, well, if if this person does this thing, it's going to impact me in this and this and this way. It's like all of that's kind of falls away and you're in this right. really pure space. And um, 
And so I get excited about the idea of more people having that support and just having like this non-judgmental space where they can unpack their feelings about something and their thoughts about something. Because mm-hmm. I think that just just the, the space to openly talk about something is really powerful and awareness is intrinsically healing. And I think talking about things helps us to be aware. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are my initial thoughts. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's beautifully said, Michaela, beautifully summarized the the difference between coaching and friendships, I think is really important. And I also think there's an interesting advantage to the fact that the coaching industry isn't regulated. Uh, normally, I think of it as a disadvantage because people so easily are want to throw it out. They're like, oh, it's not it's not regulated. It's not as serious as therapy. But it gives us kind of the space to operate in in those ways where, like you said, it's not going to, like, we're not doctors. We're not, we don't have a degree. We're not going on someone's record. Mm. And so we can kind of go to those deep spaces that you can't with just a friend or it might be complicated to with just a friend. Mm. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to have the weight that someone who's in that type of industry might not want to have if it's going to affect their record, which, by the way, I just want to say I was unaware of that. That's so intense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a huge problem. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my God. Um, so I think there's a way that coaches can operate beautifully in that in-between space of, like, we're going so much deeper than you would with a friend, and that's really important, but we're not going into psychological, mental health diagnosis spaces. Yeah. Um, right. And I think – Also, the benefit of life coaching hitting this critical mass that we were talking about earlier is that I think some people are not even aware it's an option. And so they go straight to therapy and then they're like, oh, well, I didn't need to. It's not necessarily like past trauma I need to heal from or a clinical uh, diagnosis. Um, I just want to strategize like whether or not I actually, you know, for to use a random example, whether or not I actually want to go get a Ph.D. or whether that's just conditioning, you know? Yeah. Um, like that's something you want to unpack and get closer to your truth, but you don't necessarily need a therapist to do that with. I love that. You know, the beautiful thing I'm realizing about life coaching, and I realized this when I said friend, because that didn't quite hit it. Uh, uh, Mm. What it seems like a healthy life coach is, from what I've seen observed from both of you, is someone who helps you discover yourself in a healthy, in a healthy way. Mm. You know, you're not controlling their narrative. You're helping them discover their own narrative in a healthy light. You know, um, and you're not someone who's going to be judgmental or, or really be forcing your opinions on them if it's a, if it's a healthy coach. And another mm-hmm. thing I'll say is, you know, suicide is so high in the military. And I think a contributing factor could easily be that they feel like they can't talk to anybody. You know, mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing about coaching is, is you really are kind of off the record. And you're also, I think a lot of people don't want to be diagnosed. They don't want you to put them in a box. So often people, I've personally heard people being misdiagnosed and it just sets them on this course and uh, they just want somebody to talk to. So when you're not trying to put them in a box, it already kind of takes off that place where there's that power dynamic of I'm telling, I'm putting a label on you, you know, anytime Mm -hmm. anybody's putting a label on you, it doesn't, I don't feel good if anybody does that to me in any way. Um, And so when you're just there to talk to someone and help them discover themselves and you're not labeling them and they're not afraid to, even if they do talk to a therapist, they got to watch their P's and Q's because they're like, I don't want to 
mess up my record or, or whatever, or get this diagnosis. There could be fear of being diagnosed as so many people don't want to be seen as crazy, quote unquote crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So they convince themselves they're fine just so they don't have to hear this weird reality of these scary terms they've heard in a horror movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's so much subliminal and subconscious fear from Hollywood, from people's jobs, from friends' circles, that life coaching totally uh, just completely surpasses. It doesn't touch any of that. And to me, that's such a healthy foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, a question I have is how often do you feel, do you more help people who are having like mental struggles or is it more you're helping people uh, find what they want to do in life, or do you kind of just take anybody in? And that's a question for both of you. Oh, cool. Brooke, you should go first. <laughs> yeah, um, I specifically work with millennial women who are like kind of feeling this pressure from society that's like, okay, I'm in my 20s, maybe my early 30s, and I was told my life should look like Disney, basically. <laughs> I was told my life should look like. I'm married to a man, of course, and we have children or we should want children and we own a house and we work jobs. And if someone wants that, great, totally fine. But the clients I have don't want that. Mm. And the things I notice are either they don't want that and they don't know what they want that isn't that because that's the only narrative they've been sold or they know what they want that isn't that, but they're so terrified or uncertain of how to pursue the thing that it actually is you know is what they want so i work with women who are creatives writers artists um trying to do that path i have you know i've worked with folks who are trying to pursue a phd and like that's their path that's their truth Mm -hmm. um so it can look like a whole bunch of different things Mm -hmm. um but really, at the end of the day, the core common denominator is that they're looking to create their own unique life path. And there's just like some confusion or fear holding them back from really doing that. Yeah. Wow. And do you think, can you see these individuals becoming happier as they pursue that, their mental well-being, their spiritual well-being increasing from that alone? Yeah. So what I see is that um, that's why they come in. And Mm -hmm. what they end up getting out of it is so much deeper because what's changing is not just that one central question. What's changing is all the belief systems that were keeping them back from pursuing that question in a joyful way. Mm -hmm. So what you leave with then is like a way of um, questioning your own painful thoughts, creating new habits and boundaries in your life that are much more centered in self-trust self-kindness, um, you know, radical gentleness, which is my philosophy. And that's going to serve you for a lifetime, no matter what your external life looks like. Like you're gaining those core internal ways of being, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It does. I like that. Yeah. yeah. What so about It's like you? the navigational tools. Totally. Right. Yes. That's such a great way to say it. Well, before I answer this awesome question, I wanted to say I've received coaching from Brooke and I've, I feel like Oh, it's one. It's so good. <laughs> um, and and I really have had that experience of like coming to it of like, oh, like I just I want to work on this specific topic that feels like something where I just I don't know why I feel blocked, but I do. And then throughout the coaching process, 
we explore kind of the deeper layers of what's going on underneath that. Like, why does it feel hard to move forward in this one direction? Mm. And and then we've uncovered like these deeper, tender parts or these, like Brooke was naming, like these um, beliefs that kind of were creating like limitations or this feeling of restriction and fear and lack of self-trust. And, hmm. and then we've been able to kind of like unravel those and unpack those. And I feel like it's just the sense of like coming home to myself again and again in all these little ways. Right. And and so it's I've I remember, especially because I was like, oh, this is like a light topic. This will be like a nice thing to just like do a coaching session. It'll be so fun. And then I was so amazed at how deep it went and how mm-hmm. tender it was. Uh, because I think I think especially the way that Brooke coaches, it's she chooses to really go deep to the core of things. In a way, like the the foundational architecture of what is determining how we view the world and how we kind of navigate life. Like you were saying, Brooke, of like if people are operating with these beliefs that make make it feel not possible to be true to themselves, and then you're able to, you know, unravel that or or kind of reorient around that, then um, there's so much freedom that opens up to mm. just be mm. yourself. I love that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The foundational architecture of how we view life. Yeah, that's that's yes. Yeah, and and yes. and so often I come away from coaching, um, and I've heard this from my clients too. It's like just feeling more empowered of like, oh wow, the way I was looking at that and the way I was holding it, the beliefs I had around this whole topic. Um, maybe they served me at one point in time, but they don't anymore, and they aren't mm-hmm. as deeply true as this this truthier truth (laughs) that I might have, uh, you know, discovered throughout the coaching experience. So, yeah. It's incredible how powerful perspective is. Perspective is the way we all view life. Mm. Perspective is what Mm -hmm. uh, really separates a lot of people. Mm. It's what makes us unique. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's what makes unique art. And and it's also what can slam you into a pit of Mm -hmm. depression or feel... Uh, blocked from pursuing your goals for whatever reason. And it's amazing how fast, it takes time, but it's amazing how instantaneous uh, perspective change can be, especially when mm-hmm. you've been stuck for so long and you're mm-hmm. introduced to a new way of looking at something yeah. that you're invited to look into rather than being told you're doing something wrong. It's just, yeah. well, have you thought about this? Yeah. And then it kind of just blows you away sometimes. Yeah. I know my mm-hmm. the way I see life uh, from a very, you know, snow globe view has been changed through stoicism and even, you know, Brooke's Instagram. And it's just these little things every day can build your perspective to be healthy. And it's so important. <laughs> can we talk about the the proximity of stoicism to Brooke's Instagram? <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I'm not that profound. <laughs> Say that last part again. <laughs> I, I just said I feel like I'm maybe not that profound. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, I'm not on Instagram, but uh, I feel like I feel like you are very profound. I feel you are. clear. <laughs> I feel clear. You, Thanks. You actually I, remind I, me of stoicism because stoicism is very much about the little habits. Mm, you know, every mm. day that can make a big difference. It's not. I think um, people think. These millionaires are made by one big change or one big invention. And it's like the iceberg metaphor, right? They see the tip of the iceberg, which is success, but they don't see everything that resides underneath it, which was all of the failures and successes and the little bits of hard work that built 
the tip of that iceberg. And what I see, yes. the, the comparison I make and, and the similarity is that you remind people every day, you make the small steps of just reminding people that it's small steps that really make these big changes. Mm. And mm. really what you say reminds me of that. Mm. And uh, I, I just love it. And, and you're, you're doing your part in the world. You're bringing good mm. to the world, which is something that they very much believe in. And there's a lot of philosophy in what you, in what you say. And yeah. as philosophers say that uh, the art of philosophy is really just thinking about thinking. And when I read your content, Brooke, it's often the, these ideas, uh, or explorations you've had of just thinking about thinking or thinking about the, uh, the way other people think. And that's beautiful to me. It's something I spend a lot of time doing as well. So. Mm. I would even say my twist on it is feeling about feeling. Ooh. Like mm. getting out Meta. of the mind and into the body and into the sensei experience of like, because um, that's where we can undo a lot of our loops. Like I see clients mm -hmm. who are in loops of fear and that is taking place in the mind and to get out of it coming into presence and sensation helps kind of bring the immediacy immediacy of oh i can create change it's you so know? connected oh, yes so it connected. really so is connected. yeah yeah i love that yeah. it, that's so powerful mm -hmm. it, it really we really can get stuck in these loops that are so destructive mm -hmm. you know yeah. and it can feel oh, impossible yeah. to get out of them mm -hmm. and they bring these feelings that it's like a it's very cyclical. The, the feeling brings the thought, the thought brings the feeling, and you don't know which came first, but they make each other mm. worse, and, and breaking that cycle mm. can feel really hard sometimes. Yeah, well, especially because um, our thoughts take us out of the present moment so easily. I think that's one of the beautiful things about sensation, at least in my experience of it, and the somatics is that you're able to be more in the present moment because what you feel in your body is what you're feeling in the present moment. Even if it's a feeling you've had before and you're worried about having in the future, if you're feeling it right now, you're feeling it right now. And there's something about that that feels really grounding to me of like, okay, I'm surviving feeling this in this moment right now. And, and then I can mm. get curious about what it is that I'm feeling right now. And um, I, yeah, I, I love, I love the sensation side of it. And and like what you were, to echo what you were saying, Brooke, of like feeling what you're feeling of like, or, if, you know, the feelings about what you're feeling, like all these layers of um, awareness of what we're experiencing, I think, can also just help to create more space around something mm -hmm. rather than over-identifying mm -hmm. with the thought or over-identifying with the feeling or over-identifying even with the sensation. It's like we can witness all of that and realize that we we are larger than all of these other things that are kind of going on internally. Yes. Well said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very pro building the witness voice mm. in myself and in my clients. I think it's it's profound to see, like, uh, to build the separation of, like, let's say, the like, what you'd want to say is, like, I'm sad. It's like, who's the one feeling the sadness? Mm. Oh, okay, I can witness the sadness. Like, just create some space around it. And then there's room for... The sadness to exist but also the witness to exist yeah. and then you get a little space from it a little freedom from it and you can just let the experience be what it is and trust that it will pass yeah and it's due time yeah and this is something i was wanting to say earlier like 
you know, thinking about these these individuals that Dylan has described who feel like really at their wits end or, or just like there's like this buildup of pressure of not having anybody they can talk about their experiences with or their thoughts with or their feelings with. And I think about how, two things. One, I think about how being able to talk with somebody, let's say, for example, it's a coach, it's a life coach. I think about how just having somebody else hold that whatever it might be in their awareness helps to create space, right? It's almost like an external version of this witness consciousness that you're talking about, of just mm. another being there to listen, hold it with them, so they don't have to hold it inside of their own minds and hearts and bodies alone. I mm-hmm. think that alone can be so relieving. And then the second piece of that is it's so it's so um, beautiful how a life coach can be this compassionate, non-judgmental awareness. Because so often when we become more aware of things in ourselves, uh, our if we have habits of self-criticism, that'll come along with it. So we become more self-aware and oftentimes our, our self-criticism can go up with that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think mm-hmm. with a life coach, there's they're kind of modeling for you uh, what it's like to be aware of whatever it is you're sharing with them. And mm-hmm. that they're deeply compassionate and deeply um, accepting of it. And so that relationship of how the life coach is relating to you and your thoughts and your feelings and your experiences becomes a template for how you can relate to yourself and your thoughts and your feelings and your experiences. And it becomes this beautiful model of self-compassion. There's there's forgiveness there. And, mm. and I think there's a loop that I've mm. found myself in in the past. And... Uh, I've seen other people in where we have a feeling and we beat ourselves up for feeling that way. Or we have a thought and Mm -hmm. we beat ourselves up for feeling that way. And something that I've kind of gotten from you guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you guys acknowledge um, that it's okay to have these feelings Mm. and that it's okay to acknowledge it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed how helpful that can be even for me. Like, hey, this is all right. I don't need to beat myself up over this. Mm -hmm. I can just acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and witness it. And it's very freeing, you know? Yes. Yes. The big metaphor I've been using recently is like those little finger traps we used to use as kids where you stick a finger in each side. And when you pull, (laughs) it gets tighter. And when you push and relax into it, it falls right off. Yeah. Hmm. It's like when we're experiencing something that already makes us feel uncomfortable or tense or whatever it is, stressed out. Hmm. And then we're stressed out or uncomfortable or tense about the fact that we're feeling it it's like just pulling on that finger trap totally you know like the trap is the the emotion and then pulling on it is your resistance to the emotion but when you're like oh hey fear i see you yeah i oh yeah you're really scared okay i totally hear that like that's how i talk to my fear as an example (laughs) it's like pushing in and getting that that freedom it reminds me of how um and i still do this a little to this day but i've definitely softened around this um for years and years and years, anytime I had like a feeling of um, conflict with somebody I was close with, I would layer over on top of that conflict this feeling of urgency of like, this has to be resolved now. This has to be resolved like in an hour. Like I don't have time to sit with how I feel and to take space. Like <laughs> I have to go 
and face it head on, like right away, right away, right away. And I added all this pressure that, that, and that felt really real. Like my brain made up really vivid stories of how necessary it was for me to resolve it as quickly as possible. And there, and, mm-hmm. and even I could convince myself that there wasn't any room for me to just take a break and relax. And, and that urgency, I realized through coaching and, and just even some of my own processing and journaling, which I feel like coaching and journaling go very nicely together. Um, mm-hmm. I realized that that was just this overlay that was basically what you're describing, Brooke, of it's a form of resistance to feeling what I'm feeling. But because a lot of times the urgency was just me being like, I don't want to feel this way. I need to get out of it as quickly as possible versus mm. realizing like, oh, what if I'm safe? What if the relationship is safe? What if all of it like can exist even in like a moment of tension or conflict and I have time to just feel what I'm feeling mm. and then move forward? Uh, and so it's it's just that's such a vivid example for me of what it's like to have uh, a feeling on top of a feeling that makes the first feeling <laughs> even harder to be with. <laughs> <You know? laughs> My own finger trap. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you both think that this world of instant rewards, instant social media, instant gratification makes that sort of worse in our minds? Mm-hmm. Needing to fix things or feel like we're helpless unless we fix things instantly? What do you think contributes to that? Um, I think it probably even started before social media. I think living in, in the United States, there's a culture of escapism. Yeah, There's a culture of... Uh, no, 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 don't look at the ugly. Like, you know, you could say that about our history with racism in the United States. You could say that about our history of looking at our own minds. Like, it's all being afraid to sit with what is hard and scary and painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, apply that at infinium to any topic. And uh, I do think social media probably contributes to our our ability to like fill a void quickly. Like, I don't know if I would say it it contributes to um, like our, our lack of ability to be with ourselves. I'm I'm maybe not paraphrasing the question correctly, but I think it, it contributes to our ability to have an instant way out. So like, as soon as we feel uncomfortable before we even fully know we're uncomfortable, right? Cause a lot of the time we're doing it unconsciously. We have a way out. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that social media, um, can create the uncomfortable feelings and we don't really realize it's doing that. So then my, and, and just as a moment to talk about my coaching experience, um, Michaela here, by the way, <laughs> I, I started off as a coach for emotional eating and um, body image. And so the main escapism that I was effectively helping people work through was using food as an escape. Um, and so a lot of times when we'd be kind of like tracing back, like, oh, well, what happened that led to this binge episode or whatever it might have been? Sometimes it was uh, something on social media or something mm. in the news or, or, or a text from a friend or things like that where it's like these like little things that create some stress that then the desire to escape from that feeling of stress then leads to another escapism, right? So, it, so sometimes I think mm. we as humans can be just on like a – just this, I don't know, I don't even know what metaphor to use, but it's just like we're jumping from one escapism to another, to another, to another, to another, to another. Mm. And so it could be, oh, work is stressful. I'm going to go on social media. Oh, 
I saw something that brought up feelings for me. Now I'm going to go find a snack. Oh, now I found a snack. Now I feel sleepy and I don't want to feel sleepy because I need to work. Now I'm going to go watch a funny cat video. And like, like we might just like go Mm -hmm. from one escapism to another, to another. And it's Mm -hmm. not that that's wrong or bad. I think that, you know, the first step is to just acknowledge what's happening and acknowledge Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. And maybe, maybe it's okay. It's like, like it reminds me of in yoga, we talk about, um, just noticing your breath without changing it first. Just mm-hmm. become aware of your breath and how is your breath right now. And I feel like that's a really beautiful step when it comes to acknowledging patterns that we're in that may not be healthy. It's like first just become aware of it and you don't need to change mm. it. You're okay. Like it's okay. This has been serving you mm. at least on certain levels. And then from that place of like just kind of objective awareness – what choices do you want to make? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think people can be like pinballs, including mm, myself. That's the metaphor. Thank you. You know, I like that. and we're just being flung around mm. by yes. instant food at mm. you know fast food, mm. instant media, mm-hmm. even before social media, as Brooke said, mm-hmm. instant gratification. And what it seems like life coaching can can help people with is finding. And tell me if you guys resonate with this because it seems like something that you really are powerful in helping people find and including myself and the way I found this podcast and the way I do my art. Do you think people finding that hobby, finding, exploring different arts, whether it's music or painting until they find something they resonate with, do you think that can help people find a spiritual happiness and a gratification in life so that they are reaching less, um, even indirectly to those instant gratifications that their lives are more fulfilled. Do you think helping people find the things they're passionate about that they enjoy doing uh, really fulfills an overall happiness? That's such an interesting question. Like, so are you, so are you asking that people, if they find like a passion or something that really speaks to them, does that help them in the rest of their lives? Is that your question? Yeah. I see like uh, instant gratification as a medic, med- as a medication because there's something quite not right and we can't figure oh. out what that is. So by helping people discover themselves, mm-hmm. do you think that becomes fulfilling in their lives where you see them maybe reaching for these um, medications less like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, social media or things mm-hmm. that give them that instant dopamine release? Do you, do you see mm-hmm. them being more fulfilled when they do discover more of themselves? Ooh, okay, I love that. I, Brooke, I'd like for you to answer first. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I was thinking I'd like for you to answer Oh, first. I mean, I'm Let's have you to. both answer at the same time. At the time. same time. <laughs> there it is. Wisdom. <laughs> no, we, take we, it away, Michaela. I want to okay. hear your thoughts. Um, well, the first thought I have is I actually think that that was cute. <laughs> Dylan's over here flexing. <laughs> I have to do it. I have physical Tourette's. <laughs> I can't see it, but I can picture it and uh, strong work, Dylan. Strong, strong work. Thank you. I'm a growing man. <laughs> oh my um, this is what brings him joy. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that there's a way. Um, mm, I think it's kind of a natural outcome. Like what you're describing in my mind is actually like often a very natural outcome from. Like there's many paths that lead to what you're describing. So whether it's 
kind of exploring like why am I reaching for these escapisms or these like kind of self-medication activities? Uh, oftentimes that inquiry will lead to, oh, it's because like I, I'm missing doing this thing I really care about or I, I don't feel in integrity or congruent with how I'm spending my time. Uh, so I think, you know, whether it's exploring it through that lens or whether it's exploring, exploring it more head on of like, what is important to me? And like, what feels scary about asking that question? Or what happens when I start to feel like, Brooke, you were describing the clients you work with. It's like certain people, they know what they want. They're just, they're having trouble pursuing it. And like, why is that? What's going on there? So I think many paths can lead to this. And I think this being when we're congruent with ourselves and our hearts and what we really care about, that we're more at ease. Uh, I think that that's, that's totally a, a, like a beautiful insight that mm. you're naming, Dylan. It took me thousands mm. of hours. It took me years and years and years to get to this place where I feel a peace and I have my hobbies and I, it's not, I'm not doing it for anyone else except for the fact that I feel this is what I'm meant to be doing. And mm-hmm. I've seen great, um, Zen teachers, let's call it, without having to name anybody, say that, you know, you can figure these things out on your own. But when you have a guide, they can save you a lot of time. And when I see life coaching, I see someone who, a a good life coach, uh, I see someone saving years of turmoil. And some people never get there. Some people, they go to their graves just never figuring it out. Uh, they're too busy. Mm-hmm. They work too much. They, they're, they're distracted by trying to feed their kids, take care of their animals, their their spouse, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're stressed at mm-hmm. work. Uh, but even if they do figure it out, I see the place of a life coach saving someone so much time so that you can spend that time enjoying your art or discovering yourself. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like adding years to your life. You're getting more out of what you've got. Yeah, well said, well said. Yeah, I think I see that as like one of the main rebuttals to hiring a coach is like, oh, you know, it costs money or do I really have the time? And I think what you just said is the answer to that rebuttal, which is like, um, maybe it'll take you a couple months with a coach to see improvements or like like noticeable improvements to the way you're relating to yourself or to the world. Mm-hmm. But that's versus years of sitting with the same pattern. And so that's what I try to explain in my marketing, which, you know, sounds so like bullshit capitalism. But like, (laughs) um, I think that's a really important perspective that like, can you really afford not to if if you're trying to live the way Dylan just explained, right? Because like, if you want to go to your grave stuck in those patterns, fucking go for it. I'm not going to stop. There's no judgment on my end, right? Like mm-hmm. one thing we say in coaching is like you're always in choice, like the client's always in choice. And so like someone wants to live their life that way, you're in full choice, buddy. Like fucking, I'm I, sorry, Chris, like a sailor. But like I'm not going to be the one to stop you, you know, like absolutely. But I know there are people like us out there who are like, God, I'm meant for so much more. And by more, again, I don't mean externally more. Like I don't mean people who are trying to be celebrities. Again, nothing wrong with that, but like more in a big way, Mm. externally, more internally. I'm meant for more internally, right? Yeah. More space, more freedom, more ease, more clarity, more empowerment. And working with a coach helps you Mm. cut through those patterns more quickly. And I just want to name as a coach, like that's why I use a coach too. Like I'm not immune to needing that support. I'm not like... I've perfectly figured it all out. Like, that's absolutely why I work with a coach myself is to have someone outside of myself 
you know, see where I'm holding myself back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. It's it, it can be so empowering just to learn you have a choice. How much? It took me years just to realize I had a choice. It's like waking up. It's like once you wake up and realize I have a choice in this, that's just the beginning. Yeah. And just yes. knowing there's people who can do that is so huge. So, so many people go to their graves not choosing that. They never knew they had a choice. They thought, this is just yes. my life. So even if, I think if people could just be presented with the choice in life, then yeah, if that's what you choose, you'll be happier because you know you're choosing that. Mm. It's like the people yes. who live to 95 years old smoking cigarettes. At this point, right. they know it's bad for them, mm-hmm. but they choose it and they fucking enjoy their cigarettes. Like it's something they right. enjoy. Mm. Whereas before, right. they didn't know it was killing them. Mm. And then they get these health issues and they're confused and they don't know what's happening. So mm. it's like choosing, they say, pick your poison. Well, mm. just having choice in anything in life, mm. you don't need to have a poison at all, but just having choice and freedom is so empowering. And it took me You're years me of pain. I don't pain. need to have a poison? Yeah. <laughs> I need my to poison. Cut you off. It's not poison that if you build so a tolerance. Profound. That was so profound. Just yeah. casual profoundness here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, and I think part of what you're describing, Dylan, is like informed choice, like being able to make informed mm-hmm. decisions of like, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that's part of what, I experience in coaching is realizing, because sometimes I'll get stuck in a mode, and I've seen so many clients do this too, where they're just going about the, you know, business as usual, just kind of doing their thing, and they think this is normal, this is how everybody does it, this is how I have to, quote unquote, do it, mm-hmm. and yes. and there's been no time to slow down, no time to question it, and no time to check mm-hmm. in, and I'm like, but do you like this? And do, is this mm-hmm. really like, is this what you really want for your day-to-day life, for your work life, for whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so I think so often we can we can be more informed about the decisions we're making by just slowing down and really investigating what's the impact of this choice on my yes. well-being, on my life, what's the trajectory of this choice. And mm. I just I think there's something so profound about being in that curious self-investigation space and mm. I think doing it with another person, you know, with a coach who can guide you and kind of hold you and be compassionate and ask questions that might surprise you and might take you places that aren't just the mental loops that you'll get caught in on your own can really mm-hmm. accelerate the process. Like you were saying, you can you can save so much time. I love that. Mm. I love that. And, and something beautiful about you both is that I – you guys don't come across as wanting people to see you as gurus. In fact, it sees you. It seems quite the opposite. And what I love it's about that. It's a no that for me. Is, well, I think yeah. we've all Sean, run into no. people. We've run into people who have these one these gurus, right? And they're like, you have to listen to this to this guru. They'll teach you everything. And we shut down. Whereas when someone can help you discover yourself, someone can help you learn to ask questions and and discover things for yourself. It. That is empowering, and it seems like that's that might be the thing I love most about what I see life coaching as mm-hmm. a healthy life coach. Uh, yes, because you are teaching people, uh, not you're facilitating a conversation there that is. helps people help themselves, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. love that. That that is the ultimate mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not telling yeah. them to rely on you, and I love that. No, yeah. Well, and, and no, yeah. Dylan, Dylan and I, and Brooke, I know you and I have talked about this. Um, 
Dylan and I have been reading Dante's Divine Comedy together, which is, mm. we honestly, this nerd who translated it is just going on and on with all these intros and the pre-intro and the pre-pre-intro. And it's a lot. It's a lot. So we're not even fully into it yet. <laughs> but I read this book <laughs> back in high school and Martha Beck, who's um, a wonderful coach and author, she talks a lot about this whole story. But the book, the basic idea is that there's this character, Dante, who's who's lost in the woods, in the wood of error, and then he travels basically through hell and through purgatory and then eventually makes his way to heaven, to paradise. But he has a guide. He has this guide, Virgil, who takes him for at least a chunk of the journey. And mm. one of my coaches early on talked about how you are not the hero of your client's journey. You are the facilitator, mm-hmm. you're the guide, you're Virgil to their Dante. And mm-hmm. even if even if you wanted to more than anything to carry them across that finish line, you can't, you literally cannot. It is theirs to do mm-hmm. for themselves. And I love that because I love the way that it continuously emphasizes that coaching is about empowering the client. And mm-hmm. that it's not, it's not about you as the coach. You're, it's, you're just there to support and, um, and facilitate and hold space and remind them of things that they deeply know because they've shared them earlier. And uh, mm. I, I love that idea of just being kind of like a, a buddy or, or a guide on a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, written right in front of me at my desk in Michaela's handwriting – on a scrap piece of paper that I have taped to the window in front of my desk, it says, be the vessel. Mm. And that's something that Michaela and I have talked about quite in depth is, um, yeah, a good coach is not on an ego trip. A good coach is like, I'm just here to be the guide. Yeah. It's actually not about me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And in, in that regard to me being, I see coaching as a spiritual practice and a spiritual journey because it's about kind of surrendering over and over again. Like, this this uh almost like mind fuck of like it's not about like me being good at coaching is about um honing my craft to where i am listening well and reflecting and i'm not inserting myself Mm. so actually like to Mm. be a good coach is to kind of put the ego to rest, put the mind to rest, and be present with another human being for about an hour, typically. Really listen to them, help them empower themselves, make sure they feel heard. Mm. Really checking in and saying, this is what I'm hearing, is that correct? Like, that question alone is, is so powerful. Like, oh, that sounds like fear. Does that feel like fear to you? Like, is a type of active hearing where it's it's really not, the, my skill set as a coach is really about listening and reflection and it's it's that's all the mastery is it's not at all about like brooke has acquired this thing that no one else can do or no one else can have it's like it's just about the presence that i can create with another human being for an hour and Mm. um what can come from there and it's quite powerful and it's quite it's like simple but not easy so that's where i say it can be kind of like a mind fuck like (laughs) how do you explain that in a quick you know instagram reel to someone you can't really but um, I try to because I want people to come to this space and try it for themselves and feel the power of having someone in your corner that believes in you so deeply mm-hmm. and also isn't making it about their agenda. 
Yeah. I think that's a really rare and really powerful space. I love it. I love it. That's so beautiful, Brooke. You said that so beautifully. And uh, mm, thank you. I felt like as you were describing it, it, it reminded me of, of what that feels like to, to be the coach in a session with a client and, and get to just like surrender to that that space of, I just mm-hmm. want to be here to create space so that this person can experience themselves even deeper and even more mm-hmm. um, vividly. And mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful space to exist in. And it's not like you were saying, it's it's not like um, life coaches are life coaches because they're super wise. It's not like we're like, we know mm. a lot and we're going to teach you. <laughs> it's like, no. Shut yeah, up, listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to shut up and listen and then like gently inquire. <laughs> um, no, that's country. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and I will say, (laughs) yes, Dylan, (laughs) it is country. Um, life coaching dash. It is country. (laughs) People are going to be so confused. (laughs) Just wide open spaces, baby. (laughs) Oh, the metaphors. (laughs) But I, I will also say, um, just to like round it out and just include some other things in this is like. Life coaching can include other techniques. Like I know for, for myself, I, I'm trained as an EFT practitioner, emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping, where you tap on um, these like meridian points on your body. And so that's, mm. it's something that's, it's kind of like EMDR, which people may or may not have heard of, which uh, is a technique that's used to kind of release trauma from the mind and body. And so tapping mm-hmm. can be used for lots of things, but there's different, you know, kind of inner child work. There's like, there's like, there's definitely tools and things that I know I've learned. And mm-hmm. I imagine that's true for you too, Brooke, that you've learned. At least that's what I've experienced from receiving coaching from mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like the main definition is like listening and asking powerful questions. But within that, there's so much room for diversity of technique. Mm. Absolutely. And EFT is a really powerful one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, in a way, it's just kind of, it gets to be this beautiful exploration. And I personally really like the variety of coaching that exists out there because we are all so unique and we do all need kind of different forms of support at different times. And so yeah, I'm glad that the message about life coaching is getting out there more and more. And I hope that, you know, maybe people who have shied away from that type of thing in the past will consider it because... It can be mm-hmm. it can be a really beautiful thing to yeah. have that support. Yeah, you yeah. know, all of these things that you guys are talking about have been shown to lower cortisol. And this gets into my world of mm-hmm. hormones where cortisol is great in balance, but it's a hormone. And when you have too much of it, which many people do in this day and age, mm-hmm. cortisol is the destructive catabolic hormone, meaning it eats away at your body, causes inflammation. And so when you have too much cortisol all the time, you literally are being eaten away by stress, literally, not even metaphorically. And you will be in dysbiosis, you will be unbalanced. And so these things all have been proven to lower cortisol. So for anything else, if you are a very scientific-based person, you can look these studies up and you can see how much they help you hormonally and they help your body balance itself to live longer, to be stress-free, Uh, at least more stress-free than you were yesterday. And these are things you can do today. Mm. And that brings me to my next question. 
And I would I know this is very general mm. and everybody is unique, but I would love this nonetheless and I think the listeners would as well. I would like something from each of you that people can do today. Ooh. To uh, really whatever you th- if you could speak to the world, what would be your message to them to be able to help themselves? So something they can do today that would help them. Yeah, from each of you. One thing. Mm. It could be more, but at least one. Mm. So a take home from this podcast, Ooh. so to speak. A L- little action step. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you want to go first, Brooke? I'm happy either way. Okay, I'll let you go first. Alrighty. Um, oh, juicy question alert, Dylan. Um, <laughs> I'm a juicy yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> Just have that be the subtitle of your podcast. That should definitely be in the outro. <laughs> How to be juicy. <laughs> Doja Cat's track just plays. <laughs> yeah, yes. Do you feel your life just Got isn't it. juicy enough? <laughs> oh my God. The amount that I use that word in sessions with client. I had a client today and I actively have to be like, don't use the word juicy. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be like, who the fuck is this nut job? <laughs> some clients can hang with the word juicy. Some cannot. And you know what? That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's just a synonym for like aliveness. But yeah, totally. Anyway, um, yeah. What can people do today? So, um, the the exercise I do with most of my clients when we first log on would be the thing I recommend. So, um, when I first enter a session with someone, we take a minute to kind of transition into the session. And so, I would just say at any point during your day. Take a minute, invite your body to get a little bit more comfortable, whether you're sitting or standing or lying down. Just ask yourself, what does my body need to be a little bit more physically comfortable right now? Do that. Then you're going to start by checking in with your heart and cultivating that witness like we talked about earlier. So noticing what you notice in your heart space, your emotional space without needing to change anything. Just genuinely notice what's happening. Do the same level of witnessing with your mind or your thoughts fast and speedy? Are they slow and spacious? Just kind of get curious. Mm. And then ending again with the body space, what sensations are you feeling in your physical body? And then the bonus add-on would be, and and I'm talking through it quickly for the sake of the podcast, but do that really slowly. Mm. And um, kind of the bonus I would give at the end is if you had closed your eyes, open them and slowly look around the space you're in to get present. And I say that because that will help you drop out of the thinking mind and the story mind into the present moment, um, which mm. is a way to alleviate any suffering that you might be adding onto yourself via your, you know, thoughts or belief system. So Oof. that's what I'd encourage a little, just a little practice to, to get present and take, take a moment of space in your day. Love it. Damn. Thank you. Yeah. That's really yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks for asking. That's a beautiful question. Michaela, I want to hear, answer. I want to hear your thoughts. Ah, what's my, oh, th- thank I you. have, I have, <sighs> I have so many thoughts. My my first one was journaling. And so, you know, mm. I'm going to do a little first thought, best thought moment of journaling, of taking some time. And I think so many people relate to journaling in kind of an all or nothing capacity of, I have to journal perfectly every day forever for the rest of my life or not at all. <laughs> and, and I just want to, you know, blow that out of the water that you can journal whenever you feel like it. Uh, and... Mm. I'd really encourage people to just just try out what does it feel like to just write down some of my thoughts each day. And mm. that space to me, it's I, I feel like my journal is like my other, my ongoing um, 
self-life coach. And mm. partly because that space to me can be really safe where I can say things, you know, say things out loud, write things down on the page is what I mean, um, mm-hmm. that might be bothering me or might be kind of weighing on me. And then I can start to question them or realize like, oh, I actually don't feel that way. I actually feel this way. Or now that I say, you know, mm-hmm. say that out loud, once again, write it down on the page. <laughs> I, um, I realize there's this whole other thing that feels way bigger. Uh, and so mm-hmm. journaling can look so many different ways to so many different people. Uh, but I think to just try it out, just get curious. And if you want journal prompts, that's something that the internet has many versions of. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and going back to something we talked about earlier on in the podcast, this idea of trying to develop a witness mind or a witness consciousness mm-hmm. of this part of you that's that is aware of the feelings you're having, this part of you that's aware of the thoughts you're thinking. I think journaling is such a wonderful way to cultivate that because you literally are are naming the things that you're aware of in your journal. Mm. And so the one, the one kind of um, hot tip I'll give about journaling that I've discovered, I've been journaling since I was about 13 off and on, and I have many, many journals. And one thing I realized took me about a decade to, to, to learn this, was that it's really okay for me to be really honest in my journals. I don't need to perform for anybody in my journal. It can really mm. just be for me. And so it doesn't even have to make sense. It doesn't have to be cohesive. It doesn't have to be full sentences. It can really be whatever I need it to be because that's the actual purpose that it's serving is it's serving mm. me. So I just want to give everybody that kind of permission slip to let journaling really serve you and and let the idea of anybody else or making sense to anybody else or even it making sense to your future self, that can fall away. It can just be for you there in that moment. Mm. Mm. I love that. That really, yeah, that really touched my heart, Michaela. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. 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 That's huge. The Roman emperor, the Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius, the most powerful man in the world. Dylan's when he best lived. friend. My best friend. <laughs> him and Arnold Schwarzenegger Dylan, both live in I my was head. Your best friend. You're, you're all my best friends. Best friends is a tear, right? It is. It is. He journaled, and he loved to journal, and uh, he'd probably probably be horrified to know how many people are reading his journal today. <laughs> he was one of the great stoics. <laughs> think about real facts they're like why he wasn't writing it yeah he was it was his personal journal and then everybody's like i'm going to read it and become the most powerful man in the world (laughs) give me your thoughts marcus meanwhile he's like i'm not a guru (laughs) (laughs) i'm dead why are you talking to me (laughs) (laughs) reading a dead man's thoughts (laughs) (laughs) but he did journal he journaled and that's all you need to know was it good or bad? We'll never know. No, it was great. He I, uh, really believed in journaling his thoughts and uh, writing things down. And and I've done it on and off since I was a kid. Not nearly as much as Michaela, but I have. I found a lot of uh, power in that and just discovering myself. And I think something we think is, I don't know what I would even write down, but if you just sit your ass down and start writing, just write what happened yesterday, it can be things that you already think you know in your mind. Because something I've discovered Mm -hmm. is we think we know our thoughts. We think they're cognizant. Until you have to speak them in a sentence or until you have to write them down, you're like, wait, this isn't as developed (laughs) as I thought it was. 
it was a feeling, yes. not a cohesive or coherent thought. And when you write it down, you get one mm. sentence down and it's a butterfly effect and then everything else flows. Mm. And I can tell you, as I've started journaling myself lately, it's been so powerful in the way that my mind operates throughout the entire day. Mm. I am evolving my thoughts uh, in a way that would never happen without doing it. I would be left with these feelings and things that I think I know, and I would really lack this ability to look within, to really see what I even think of my own thoughts. You know, you can mm. you can feel so stubborn and righteous in your thoughts until you write them down, until you say, well, mm-hmm. what do I actually think? And discovering yourself takes bravery and it, it takes humility and and. When you do that, it kind of happens as a side effect, whether you want it or not. And it feels Mm. tremendous in developing your character. And I've become so much better of a person. And it helps you from day one. Mm. So, And and what I love about what you both have said is they touch on such different notes. I almost want to do what Brooke said and then immediately journal after. Ooh. You're absorbing and then writing. I I love that. That I mean, that could become a whole magical practice that somebody could do on the mm-hmm. daily as, mm-hmm. as like a way to develop more of a relationship with themselves and their their yes. heart, their body, their mind. Yeah. yeah that yes. was a great one too, Absolutely. combo. Way to, mm, way to take it to another level and point that out. I like that, mm. Dylan. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're getting to an hour here. Is there anything you guys wanted to add in? Anything I missed? I, I feel delighted and, and satisfied, and I'm so glad that I know both of you. <laughs> Same. Mm. Oh, me too. I feel like the luckiest duck that you guys are, my friends. And the um, duck. and really like <laughs> and just beyond friendship, right? Like soul mm. explorers in this lifetime that I get to bring these these questions to and the juiciness and the aliveness to and just mm. you know, we, I know we all love nuance, like enjoy nuance with. I'm I'm so grateful. So thank you, Dylan, for hosting this conversation and just you know, letting us laugh and theorize together and speak together for an hour. That was wonderful. It really was. Thank you both for joining. Yeah. I'd like uh, people to be able to find you guys. Uh, so, Brooke, what would, where can people find you? On Instagram, yeah. website, if someone wants. I know you coach women. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, where can they find I do you? Also have, yeah, I do also have clients who are um, gender non-binary. Just to put that out there as well. I say okay. women. Um, but you know, it's like women or if you're outside of women identifying, like that's okay too. If you resonate with my message, you resonate with my message. Wonderful. Awesome. Um, but I say women just because capitalism, marketing, simplicity, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) that being said, you can find me on Instagram at brooke.lormer.coaching. Um, my website's just brooklormer.com. Uh, Lormer spelled L-O-R-I-M-E-R. That's me on the internet. Um, come hang out with me. She's so fun to hang out with you guys. Seriously. <laughs> Follow her Instagram. I don't care however you identify. I, I'm a man, and I get so much from her page. Follow it. it. It really can be a great benefit to you. And you have a podcast as well, Brooke, the Radical Gentleness Podcast, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. I do. Thank you, Dylan. Um, <laughs> That's, Boom. <laughs> Listen to it now. Yeah, that's another. I do have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, it's another place where I explore questions like these with, with myself and with wonder, other wonderful folks. And um, yeah, that's why I say regardless of how you identify in your gender, like I say 
women in my marketing, but like at the end of the day, if you resonate with wanting to create more ease and clarity and gentleness with your life, then like let's hang out, let's chat. Like, yes, yes, yes. Wow, that's really cool. Mm. Awesome. That's amazing. I love that. Mm. You just finished. Are you yeah. now? Are you still doing season two of your podcast, or did you finish that? Season two just wrapped up recently. Awesome. Wow, congrats. It's yeah. so wonderful. It really is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I just explored basically like the most common ways I see folks struggling with internal narratives all on season two. So it's chock full of like lots of practical mm. things you can bring into your daily life. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Those takeaways, those action mm. steps. I love that. Yeah, hella takeaways. Well, check her out. Do it. It's uh, There's something there for you. That's the thing. A little bit of effort can go a long way. Yeah. So, mm, mm-hmm, Michaela, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Ooh, not on Instagram. No. <laughs> Don't even look. <laughs> Don't even look. Don't no. even try. <laughs> I, think, I think something exists on there, but I'm very, very inactive. Um, the main place is my website, MichaelaMcDonald.com. M-A-K-A-Y-L-A-M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. And uh, if you want to work with me, that's great. I, I work a wonderful full-time job for the Tapping Solution app, helping them with their tapping meditations. Uh, but I also have um, a handful of clients who I see, and I, I love continuing to be a coach. I think I'll always want to have my coaching practice be an active part of my life because it it brings me so much joy, and I, I love getting to be of service. So it's it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are I want to add to that, too, that, Oh, sorry. Just real quick. Um, I was friends with Michaela long before I ever considered being a coach. And I really think seeing her career as a coach helped inspire me so much in this work. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say thank you to her for being the OG coach oh. and showing me what's possible. Wow. That's really – thank you, Brooke. That's so precious. It's it's so yeah. cool. Brooke and I have such a beautiful friendship, and I feel like we've really inspired each other Every step of the way, I feel like my yes. my life, especially my career life, but so many aspects of my life are the way they are because of your friendship and because of how you've been exploring what feels really true for your, you each step of the way. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Juicy. Yeah. It's all butterfly effect. It really is, you know. Yeah. By you by, yeah. by people here listening, you know, changing yourself is going to affect the people around you. People it will continue on yeah. and so you're not only mm-hmm. helping yourself by being willing to helping help yourself yeah. Yeah. just having the aura of being awake yeah. and being able to ask questions can really relate to others around you yeah. even if not directly yeah if you guys would like to follow me i'm on instagram everyone is canceled spelled the right way with one l i have a newsletter now check the link in my bio on instagram so i can send you weekly updates and let you know that Brooke Lorimer is on or Michaela McDonald's is on. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> I love you guys. I hope you've had a great week. And I will see you next Monday on Everyone is Canceled. Take care, folks. Juicy question alert, Dylan. Um, <laughs> I'm a juicy <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Just have that be the subtitle of your podcast. That should definitely be in the outro. <laughs> How to be juicy. <laughs> Doja Cat's track just plays. <laughs> yes. Do you feel your life just Got isn't it. juicy enough? <laughs> oh, my God.